Hello and welcome to another episode of I-80 Sports Major League Soccer. Today, we are talking about the 2022 Vancouver Whitecaps. Hey there, by now you should know exactly what we're up to. We're previewing each and every Major League Soccer team before the beginning of the 2022 Major League Soccer season. And today we are joined by Gideon Hill to talk about the Vancouver Whitecaps. Gideon is voice of the BCHL's Langley Riverman. He's also the 2022, uh, sorry, 2020 PJHL Broadcaster of the Year. Gideon, thank you for joining us here today. Thanks a lot for having me, Bob. It's great to, to be back here a, a year after chatting and, uh, you know, coordinating and all that. And it's it's exciting to, to have soccer, you know, almost upon us and hopefully, you know, cross the fingers a regular season here. Yeah, I think we're going to do it. I think this is the year. I think uh, we're just about to bounce back to normal, um, whatever that may be. <laughs> Last year certainly was not normal. And let's get into kind of the history of the Vancouver Whitecaps. Anything we need to know about team culture, ownership, yeah, we uh, team started in 2011. That was our inaugural MLS season. A um, bit of a rough go. One of the last teams in MLS, if not the last. Um, lost a lot of games and uh, made the playoffs the next year, 2012. Uh, multiple owners, so one of them being Steve Nash. Obviously, you, you probably know from the LA Lakers, um, the NBA, and uh, Jeff Mallett as well. So, um, you know, good culture. Um, Axel Schuster, now the, the sporting director, has really done a great job. Um, you know, taking over and uh, just making some good signings. And, you know, from his time in Germany, he's really stepped up to the plate and brought in a winning mentality in this team and a lot of, um, you know, scouting. He's created a big scouting network, which this club never had before prior to last year. Absolutely. And when I see the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, it's, I guess this will be their 11th year in the league. I see a lot of good stuff. I see a lot of promise over the second half of last season, and we're going to get right into that now. Last season, 12, 13, and 9 record, 11th in Major League Soccer, 45 goals scored and 45 goals against. That put him at a net zero goals. Let's take a look at some of the goal contributors. You had Brian White, 12 goals and 5 assists. Christian Dahomey, 10 goals, 4 assists. Dibir Caicedo, 5 goals, 5 assists. Ryan Gauld, 4 goals, 5 assists. And Lucas Cavallini, three goals and one assist. Gideon, when you look at this graphic, what is the first thing that comes to mind? I think the first thing that jumps out to me is Brian White. Um, he was unbelievable down the stretch for the Whitecaps. I think his pickup, I believe it was last June when the team was in Salt Lake, was definitely under the wire. I think he was you know, third in depth charts at uh, New York Red Bulls with Tom Barlow at the time, um, kind of battling it out, and the Whitecaps picked him up uh, for essentially nothing. Um, he came in here and, and just lit it up. He's the one guy that you know, jumps off the page for me the way he finished last year. And then the the one thing that disappoints me from this list is Lucas Cavallini, who is a DP from two years ago, and he really struggled with injuries last year, um, just hasn't been able to, um, you know, find his form the last year. And hopefully that uh, that gets rectified this season. Absolutely. Seeing Connor's uh, comment here, just being honest, Vancouver doesn't look all that great this season. If you look at the second half of last season, they don't need to get much better than that. I think they they definitely came on strong at the end. And, you know, I agree. When I look at this depth chart, when I see Brian White, that's too many. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea that was in him at all. Being a Red Bull supporter here on the uh, East Coast did not see that coming for sure. Um, and, you know, Lucas Cavallini, not enough. Three goals, one assist, That that's not 
enough. Uh, if you switched those two numbers, that would be something I would expect. But with Brian White and Lucas Cavalini both playing, both being healthy, you know, in in a in a year that is going to be um, still a little condensed schedule with quite a few international breaks, this and that. I think that Vancouver Whitecaps didn't need to make many moves to to really compete this year, and we're going to talk about that when we get into that roster in just a second. But uh, um. Let's talk about some roster moves, okay? Players out, Bikel, Crapo, Ali Adnan, Andy Rose, Theo Blair. What hurts the most? I think you look at the, <clears throat> the goaltending, excuse me. Um, I know Bikel hurts as well. He was a guy that really stirred the pot. He played right back last year as a center midfielder. But Max Crapo really, you know, leads his team from the back. He can move the ball around, around really well. Um, he's good distributor of the ball. Um, and I'm, I'm disappointed to see him go. Obviously, there is some personal things going on that, um, you know, not many people know about, if any. Um, Ali Adam was more from last year, end of last year, or sorry, middle of last year. And then, um, yeah, I think Andy Rose hurts as well. And Theo Bear, obviously, a, a top prospect. But, yeah, Andy Rose is another one of those guys that, uh, you know, really led from the back. He was a captain a few times when he stepped into the center back role. He's had lots of experience now. Obviously, he's coaching with the Sounders. But, um you know, sad to see him go. He's a great, great person interview, great uh, player, uh, person, personality-wise, and uh, you know, on and off the pitch. Absolutely, love to see that. Um, when we look at the roster moves, players coming in, we do have a couple names worth mentioning: Ryan Gold, attacking midfielder; Pedro Vite, is that the correct pronunciation? Vite. Yeah, Vite. Yep. At central midfield, you got Tristan Blackman, right back; Florian Jungworth, center back; and Sebastian Burhalter. So there are a couple of players who who could contribute. Are, what names are you excited about here on the on the incoming players? Yeah, I think Ryan Gold's first full season MLS is something to be you know be tantalizing over. Um, Pedro Vite is a guy that we didn't see at all last year. He was on the bench at, towards the end of the season, didn't get into into any many game action. Uh, Tristan Blackman from LAFC, who I've really liked in his time there. He's played center back. He's played right back. He's been a starter for a number of years in in MLS in their inaugural inauguration. Um, and then Florian Jungwirth and Sebastian Berhalter, just depth guys. Jungwirth stepped up well at the end of the last season, but a, f- a full season under his belt here in Vancouver will be good. And Sebastian Berhalter, obviously the, the son of U.S. men's national team coach Greg. He's a young prospect who didn't get a lot of playing time at Austin and former Columbus crew as well. So I'm excited to see what yeah. he can bring maybe to the depth chart. Absolutely. So let's talk about that depth chart in just a second, but I want to talk about coaching tactics. If I turned on a Vancouver Whitecaps game, what would I see? What is the goal? What are they trying to do with the ball? Um, last year, it seemed like they were, when Mark Dos Santos was in charge anyways, there was a lot of sitting back and um, a lot of boring games. But ever since Vanny Sartini took over, he's got that mentality of, you know, a lot of work rate, a lot of pressure on the ball um, that forced a lot of turnovers last year that really led to their success, especially playing at home. Um, yeah, they play, they didn't score as much as I would have liked them to, but I think the way that they they played towards the end of last year is very positive, and they can carry it over to this year. But I think if you watch them, a, a pressing style, they have the two outside fullbacks in Brown and Dahomey that have plenty of speed. Um, we saw it last year, two guys that really, you know, earned their spot there. And I think, um, you know, the sky's the limit for this team trying to attack more and get more goals, which I think is the goal this year to, to try and put the ball in the back of the net uh, more than they did last year. Absolutely. And I just pulled up their, their schedule from last year, and you see – just large swaths of time without a win, I think, between June 18th and August 13th. They had one win in that whole stretch um, out of what, 15 games. But then a light switch just kind of went off 
at the end of August last year. From August 18th on, I think they had nine of their 13 wins in their next like 15 games. So definitely a great stretch. When we see this team, I really think it's a tale of two halves of the season. If you look at the second half of their season, if they can replicate that again, they're a top four team. They're a top four team. And, and, and they had some tough opponents during that time. LAFC, who they beat. RSL, they beat. Um, FC Dallas, never a, an easy place to go and visit. They got a, a result against Minnesota United. So it's not like they're they're playing cream puffs teams. They beat Sporting. They beat Portland back-to-back at a point during last summer. I really like, you know, that's the kind of thing that I want to stress with this team is, is how much better they got towards the second half of the season. And coincidentally, their win streak was exactly when Brian White started scoring goals. They won three straight games, and Brian White had a goal each in each one of those games. What was the switch that went off? Something changed. What, what do you think that was? Well, the, the coaching change, I think, definitely played a factor. You know, Mark Dos Santos, I think his time, is, his clock had run out, and I think they maybe went on a couple more weeks than he should have. But, uh, yeah, I think there was a loss in at home, and then he was gone the next day or something like that. But uh, Vanny Sartini comes in. He was an assistant coach two years prior our two, for the previous two seasons, he was a director of methodology in the U21 program. Um, he stepped up to the plate, intern coach, and got the full-time tag this past off-season for two seasons. But um, yeah, he he really, you know, the way he he changed the formation, he that the addition of Brian Gold also helped. I think you know sparking the team offensively. So there's numerous things that led to that, and I think the the goalkeeping as well. Max Kripo has obviously moved on, definitely helped. Absolutely. So I'm going to pull up a depth chart. And now this is, uh, we, we kind of made this together. Usually I do it on my own and surprise everyone. But I said for <laughs> Vancouver, I need a little a little help with what's going on here. So here's here's what I'm seeing right now. Lucas Cavallini, Brian White up top. And then you got Ryan Gould, um, Awusu, uh, Vite, and Chow Alexander kind of in the midfield. Let's talk about how these three midfielders fit in to the formation. And, and is this how the depth chart is going to look? Yeah, I think if, you know, Kyle Alexandre in the midfield there can stay healthy, this is something that really excites me as, you know, as a Whitecaps supporter. Um, it's about staying healthy, and that's been the key for this team, or hasn't been the key for this team because they've been, uh, you know, fairly behind eight ball when it comes to injuries the last few seasons. Um, Ryan Gold is the, the straw that stirs the drink, if you will, in the left side of midfield. Um, and then Leonard Ousu, who they call him Jingles. I don't know why, but uh, his hair just falls, flows all over. Um, you know, he's got long hair. He runs around like endless work rate. And um, he's somebody that really can drop back defensively to make it a, essentially a 4-3-3 a or, you know, a 5-3-2 with gold in the attacking midfield position if they're down a goal. Um, but yeah, if they, if they stay healthy and I think Cavallini and White, if they can play alongside each other, not battle for position, um, you know, on the depth chart, they can find some success. And um, yeah, I think it'll be um, an interesting, you know, start to the season here. Only one home game in the first month. So um, you know, they got to take advantage of that, especially uh, in front of the home fans. Pedro Vite is a player that I'm kind of interested a little bit in. Uh, Ecuadorian midfielder, 19 years old. He's a young kid, and they spent quite a bit of money. I'm seeing here about like 2.25 million pounds to bring him over. Can you talk about how Pedro Vite fits in here? Is he, is he going to be a depth piece or someone you expect at some point to overtake the depth chart in and become a starter? Yeah, I've heard uh, uh, good things about him. I've seen good things of him in, in preseason. Um, I, I hope he can start. I mean, you spend a lot of money, as you mentioned, on a young player like Pedro Vite and comes with high potential um, from, from South America there. And we've seen a lot of guys that younger players out of South America that have maybe not 
you know, played great at first and then, you know, stepped up to the plate. One guy that to- comes to mind was Thomas Chacon from uh, Minnesota United who was signed and, you know, was supposed to be the next great thing and, you know, has kind of been a bust. So um, players like that where you come from South America with a high reputation, you just need to show up in the pitch. And I think he has the potential to be a starting role, maybe off the bench, a sub role, and then start going to starting role towards the end of the season here if Elusu or Alessandro don't find their feet or their form. All right, now let's talk about this back line. Um, I'm not even going to try the name. Ranko, you got Godoy, you got Tristan Blackman, <laughs> and uh, Florian Jungworth, MLS veteran who, you know, he's a proven commodity at this point, and in Major League Soccer, you can't have enough center backs. Talk about this pairing. Um, is this how you would see that fall in the depth chart? And talk a little about the center backs, what they mean to this team. Yeah, I think Eric Adore has been a guy that uh, Marco Santos really liked. He brought him in. He's been rumored to leave as well, so maybe that's something to keep an eye on. But Renko Veselinovic and Florian Jungworth were really the two guys um, at the end of last season that I thought really stepped up to the plate. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, you know, Veselinovic is a very young player, a Serbian um, but he played like an MLS veteran last year. He didn't really find his feet at first, and then he really kind of chipped away and found his feet towards the end of the season. Um, and then, yeah, J- Florian Jungworth, the man that called Flo, I think everybody knows what he brings to the table. Physicality, he likes to, to chirp at other players, um, but he's very defensively solid, and that's what this team has lacked. And if Godoy st- sticks around and those three become you know, a formidable pairing, this could be one of the best MLS backlines in front of Thomas Desal if they stay healthy and if they can, you know, um, play positionally sound, which has been an incredibly uh, difficult challenge for this team, you know, considering their defenders. Absolutely. Now we're looking at like kind of a three, like a modified three, five, two here. Let's talk about the fullbacks. What is the role on their team? Obviously you have Christian Dahomey, who is, you know, a star. Then you got a JV and Brown um, and Godinho on the right side. Uh, What is their role? And, and do you think this is a strength of the team? Yeah, I think it's something that may, might not have been a strong suit in the last few years. I think Christian Gutierrez as well, the Canadian international, can slide in that left wing. Um, obviously, played some minutes in the, the recent windows. Um, yeah, Dahomey, he's, he's more of an attacker, but the way that Cavallini and White, two solid strikers, can play up front. Maybe, you know, Dahomey starts on that wing. That's kind of where he's been playing in the preseason. And then Javane Brown, who, you know, draft pick last season, really, you know, starred and played really well in Salt Lake when the team was down there and uh, deserved a starting spot. And he's been with Jamaica as well in the, the recent windows. So um, I think you expect a lot of press and you expect some defensiveness as well and, and the speed they bring down the, down the flanks. Absolutely. Now, when I look at this team, the last thing I kind of want to talk about is, is the depth, the subs. You got Dibir Caicedo. You also have Christian Dahomey. I have him kind of listed as like a left wing-ish, but he plays all the way up top too. He could be a mm-hmm. sub at the striker yeah. position. Um, how do you th- see the, the strikers uh, suit out? Because Cavallini, it's been a little bit of disappointment. I know injury and availability has been an issue. Brian White obviously let the league on fire last year. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if he has anything left <laughs> in the tank, to be completely honest. Um, Caicedo and Christian Dahomey, how far are they from overtaking his spot on the starting depth chart? Um, I don't know. I, I, To be honest, I think Brian White's got lots left in the tank. He, he got a hat trick yesterday against, or two days ago, I should say, against LA Galaxy. Um, I, I think he's he's a fantastic player, and I think he has every, all the tools to be a top striker. I think maybe even Dahomey overtakes Cavallini's spot. There's been rumors of him leaving, especially in the offseason. So um, I think White maybe takes over the, the striker's role, and Gold slides up behind him, and Dahomey kind of switches to a winger, and Alexandre Nelouch in the middle. So 
there's lots of movement in this team. That's something we haven't had for, for many years is kind of depth and, you know, the, the ability to slide guys and plug and play them into different positions. And that's something that definitely, um, you know, excites a lot of fans, I think. And there's, there's a lot of potential in this team, very young, but I think Brian White is, is the guy that this team looks to for the future, especially signing him to a contract extension. My co-host couldn't be here tonight, but I know he's yelling at his computer monitor right now because he was a uh, Brian White hater a, a thousand percent. And um, he was all right at Red Bull, but the kind of player that he was at Red Bull, he kind of sit around and wait for the ball, be in the right place at the right time. We never saw anything spectacular. No great runs, no spectacular goals. He just was a warm body in that position. Very, very interesting to see how well he did, especially towards the end of last season. That hat trick against San Jose was something I did not see. Uh, did definitely did not see coming um now let's let's move on to our kind of our last segment we're talking about some up-and-comers and some storylines to follow so the first thing i'm going to ask is there anyone outside of our depth chart someone that should be in in our minds and might either find themselves in a starting spot or to be a contender for a position uh, by this time next year yeah i think michael Valdissimo, who i don't think we had listed there is is a guy that um i really want to see succeed he's gone through this this team's um, residency program. He's played on the, uh, the Whitecaps two before the their old USL team, their development team, I guess. Um, and I really want to see him succeed. He's had some great moments last year. He scored uh, two years ago against Toronto at home when there was no fans. It was a sensational goal. And I think he's really one of those guys that could even start. He's had a little bit of in injury troubles and he kind of fell out of form at the end of last year. But he's been coached by Vanny Sartini now closely for the last couple of seasons. And he's, he's one to watch. And I think as well, um, Thomas Hassal in goal taking over for Max Crippo. He's the only goaltender listed right now on the roster for Vancouver with two trialists. So um, I expect him to step up and um, be the go-to guy this year. We saw what he could do in Orlando with the bubble two years ago. And uh, I think he's the sky's limit for him and, and, and net for Vancouver. So those are two guys I would, I would definitely make people aware of. Absolutely. Are there any other storylines that we need to be watching? If, if we just catch Vancouver, maybe two or three games a season, what should we be watching for on TV? Is there someone that we're waiting to take the next step? Does someone have a, like a redemption arc that we're, that we're going to be paying attention to? I think Ryan Gold is the guy, you know, he's not an Lorenzo and Signe type signing or anything like that, but you know, he, he brings a flair to the pitch that this team has lacked for years, almost going back to the page of Morales days back in what 2014 or whatever it was. So, um, he, he brings a lot to this team. He's been all over Europe. Um, he's a good guy to, to watch. He can play center mid. He's played attack mid. He's played wing as well. Um, and if you tune into game this season, you might not know the name. You, you'll know him for sure. He got lit it up last year. Then you had the graphic four goals and five assists or something like that. So um, he's exciting to watch. He's a player th for the dramatic. He's got some big goals. He scored one against LAFC last year on the March to the playoffs. And then Brian White have really formed a, um, you know, a great partnership. And I think, one key for me would be home cooking and, you know, not a lot of home games in the first month of the season, as I mentioned earlier, but if they can get going at home and they can, you know, maybe find some road form, I think they could, you know, be a playoff team for sure. So when we talk about Gold, um, we have him listed as a midfielder. He's sometimes an attacking midfielder. Where would you put him at as far as, is he a, a six, an eight, a 10? I know you guys have been looking for kind of a center attacking midfielder since like Wong and Baum left the team, like, what is that, four <laughs> seasons ago now? And it seems yeah. like no one's really stepped up to be that guy, like the point guard for the team. Is he going to be one of those players or is he going to be another contributor in midfield? Yeah, I think Embalm was a guy from two seasons ago now that we, you know, sold to to Russia and as disappointing as it was, I think they used a lot of the money on Ryan Gold and 
he's going to be that attacking midfielder guy. And I know he's not listed, you know, per se as attacking midfielder in the depth chart we, we talked about there, but he can definitely play there. He can play in center mid. He's such a versatile player, in my opinion, that he's got that sweet left foot that he can, you know, spray the ball over the pitch and um, he can score a goal when you need him with it. He scored a couple of headers. He can, you know, go for a tap in at the back, at the back door there. Um, he's similar to Brian Wright and those guys don't score maybe the prettiest of goals. They score greasy goals, but they all count at the end of the day. And, um, I expect Ryan Gold to be the number 10 that this team has longed for for, for years. Awesome. I'm going to give you some quick hitters, and I want you to give me the first answer comes to your head. Okay. Who leads the team in goals this year? Uh, Ryan Gold. Who leads the team in assists this year? I think Christian Dahomey. Very nice. If we're looking at the depth chart, uh, if we're looking at the standings at the end of the season, and we see Vancouver in a playoff position near the top of the table, what went right? Uh, goal, defending first and then key goal scoring, which is something they've struggled with the last few seasons. Absolutely. Let's flip the switch. We look in October. Vancouver's at the bottom of the table. What is the most <laughs> likely cause of that happening? Uh, August slide, which has happened August into September and October, which has happened as well before they've been in playoff position going into the summer and just bang, crash, boom, they're you know, at, the, at the basement. Absolutely. Gideon, do you have anything else for us before we head out? No, I, I appreciate you having me on here. It's it's always fun to chat. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to get the season going here. And, you know, I, I think everyone MLS fans are ready to get it going and uh, cross the fingers that there's no shutdowns or, you know, capacity limits because I think we everyone deserves to have good, good, good soccer. Ready to go up here in New Jersey. We're ready to go all over across Major League Soccer. I feel like everyone is way in, in better spirits at the beginning of this season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gideon, why don't you tell us one more time where we can find your work? Uh, you can find my work on AFTN on their podcast uh, most of the times uh, during the off season, and then as well have some writing on their website. And as well, League One BC this year, um, there's going to be a new team called uh, the well, the League One BC, which I hope to to be a part of, and as well as University Soccer here at UBC. So um, find me there, GoThunderbirds.ca, and numerous other um, you know platforms through soccer here in the Lower Mainland. Awesome. Great. You can find us at iedsports.com, youtube.com backslash i80sports. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can take us to go. Every major podcast platform, just search for i80, that is i80sports. We're coming at you with major league soccer sports betting network articles, sportsbook picks every season. Last year, I, I put one out for every week of the major league soccer season, and we won up to 40 units together. Let's do that again this year. Go to ID Sports and check out our sports betting page. Uh, Gideon, thank you one more time for, for being here. I know it's been it's been tough squeezing all these teams in at the end of the season, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you making the effort in, in getting this done today. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Bob. And thank you guys at home for watching ID Sports.